This is Remzo Republic. The clash of punk rock and politics. Welcome once again to the program. Welcome to the Remsor Republic. I'm your host as always, Remsor W. Martinez, broadcasting you coast from coast from the one and only Lynchburg, Virginia. Except by the time you hear this, I might not be in Lynchburg. Who knows? We're, we're moving around here and there between our home in Fairfax, you know, with producer Ryan and I and our family in Lynchburg, where we're currently at. But uh, until then, you know, Virginia representing strong and proud as always. I know many of you have been contacting me recently. You're like, you know what? I was getting really, really, really tired of all the different candidates you spoke to during the 2016 campaign. You guys want to know the secret? Yeah, you get kind of tired of talking to politicians every once in a while, too, because it's the same old, oh, well, you know, all you have to do is trust me and all that jazz. And it's, you know, it's we're, we're all burned out. It was, you know, a, a pretty insane year. And uh, the one, well, if you're a political junkie, like, we are. The one really cool thing about Virginia is there's literally an election every other day, or in our case, every seven months to a year. Um, I'm, I'm really surprised at the user engagement we've seen. We've seen a lot of people who aren't just tuning in for some of our more, you know, prominent federal races, but recently, you know, we were able to speak to Denver Riggleman early on in the season. We have Cliff Hyra, who just jumped in the candidates race. And then we had our bump in of Corey Stewart a couple weeks ago, which was fun. So we're we're keeping the focus here on Virginia, but it's not just you know focusing on the state because that's important. The thing that we constantly bring up is you know there are a lot of local races that matter too. We don't live in a void. Things matter. You look at your local city council. Your local city council has more pull and sway over your life than typically Congress does. And I know not many people think of that because it's not in the you know, news every other second, but it still matters. But, you know, let, let's think of the other races. When was the last time you knew who your treasurer was? Who was the last time you knew, heck, who's your current mayor? That question really, you know, freaks a lot of people out. I went to D.C. recently and asked a couple people if they knew who the mayor was, the mayor's currently Mayor uh, Mariel Bowser, and um, they all thought it was Vincent Gray who got chased out of town recently but rewinding a little bit more I've, I've got someone today who's for a lot of you liberty grads a lot of you lynchburg residents who tune in this one is probably the one that you've been focusing in a lot on recently he was recently sworn in as the new lynchburg sheriff ladies and gentlemen sheriff don sloan sir how are you doing welcome to the program thank you very much it's good to be here with you so but by the time people are listening to this, you'll have a, a little bit of time under your belt as sheriff. How have things been so far? Good transition? It's been, a, to work? it's been a good transition. It's been very busy. I, I sometimes uh, pattern it like drinking out of a fire hydrant. But uh, <laughs> it's been very good. We have a lot of good people here that uh, know the job and do the job. And so it's been a, a very smooth transition, uh, very little disruption whatsoever. So no real on-the-job training or anything. It was pretty much, I know what I need to do. It's time right, to do it. Right, right. I've been the chief deputy prior to that for 15 years and basically helping the sheriff run the office. So uh, basically just assuming his responsibilities 
uh, when he decided to retire. So really not much change other than the fact that he's not here and is responsible for it, I am, so. That's great. So a lot of people see your campaign signs all over town. I mean, you can't throw a rock without hitting one. But I don't think a lot of people have really taken the time to not just go look at your page and look at your website to get to know you, but there's a good time for people to actually learn who Don Sloan is. So give us a little background as to who you are, why this is something you're passionate about, and why you're trying to get the Republican nomination in June to really you know, take it in as your own right now. Right. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, <clears throat> I was born and raised in Oregon. I grew up with uh, seven brothers. And I'm number six of seven. Actually, the last two of us, six Ouch. and seven, are twins. <laughs> well, one of our favorite mon- uh, movies that we joke about is Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, if you've ever seen that. So uh, we enjoy that because that's filmed supposedly in the Oregon Territory. But, uh, uh, but I was born and raised there, uh, raised in a Christian home and with uh, two older brothers in law enforcement. And so I grew up around law enforcement, around a very strong work ethic, a father that... Uh, uh, worked and took care of his family and provided for us and set a great example of loving our mother and and loving his boys and uh, he made sure his boys walked the straight and narrow even number six and seven even number six and seven <laughs> yeah he uh, he definitely uh, kept us in line and that's probably why we are in law enforcement or we have brothers that are pastors uh, pastor in Oregon and uh, so that definitely influenced us. We came, uh, my twin brother and I actually both came to Lynchburg in January of 1978 to attend Liberty Baptist College, which is now Liberty University. In October of 1979, I started working for Liberty's uh, Emergency Services, which is now Liberty University Police Department. Spent the next 22 years working for Liberty University with my last four years there as Chief of Police. Uh, while I was at Liberty, I earned my bachelor's and master's degrees. I met my beautiful wife of 32 years, Carla, who also now teaches at Liberty and has been teaching there since 1984 when we got married. We have one son, a 20-year-old, who is a sophomore at Liberty. And uh, in January of 2002, I accepted the appointed position of Chief Deputy Sheriff uh, for the Lynchburg Sheriff's Office under Sheriff Ron Gillespie. And I've spent the last 15 years as the Chief Deputy here working for and with him and then March 31st he retired and I will finish the last nine months of his term as sheriff and of course have the June uh, 13th primary for the Republican bid which I'm seeking. Uh, Been always a conservative raised that way Uh, was raised in the church and you know doing the right thing all the time and caring about your neighbor and caring about other people and so, of course, being involved in the Republican Party here in Lynchburg when I came to the sheriff's office. And so um, I seek the Republican nomination. I've been doing the job. I know the job. I don't have to be trained for the job. And so uh, and I feel honored that uh, I've had the opportunity to serve the citizens of Lynchburg for the past 15 years and the past 22 for the, the Liberty community, uh, which... Uh, both I, I love. I'm a Lynchburger by choice and made that choice and live here. And so I, I look forward to have the opportunity to uh, protect the, the citizens of Lynchburg and the responsibilities that we have at the Lynchburg Sheriff's Office. That's remarkable. And I, I have a couple questions specifically about what it is you do, but just kind of backing up a little bit. I mean, you've seen Lynchburg grow for, you know, a long time back right. when Liberty was Lynchburg Bible College. Um in terms of just, you know, things, you know, changing over time, I mean, I, 
we, we, my brother and I, we've only been in Lynchburg for a couple of years now. We love this town. And we, you know, we get involved. We talk to the locals and everything. And they always bring up, you know, things are changing. Sometimes it's really good. Sometimes it's really bad. Um, you know, you see a lot of negative things on the news recently in terms of events that are going around Lynchburg, primarily in Bedford and Danville. So from the time that you kind of came to Lynchburg to kind of like where we are now, the massive changes, whether it's just new people coming in or new businesses, I mean, things being built up. Do you think Lynchburg is heading towards a good direction in terms of, you know, our communities? Or do you think there are things that we would need to work on? Well, I think I think we definitely are moving in a, in a very good direction. Uh, of course, I believe there's always things we can work on to improve. But when I think back from 1978 to now, I mean, when I came to, to Liberty in 1978, I had a Smith Corona typewriter. I have a computer now. So even with technology and the changes that we've seen, uh, Ward's Road was, we had, uh, the school had baseball fields where Walmart is. And so when I worked for the department, we would patrol those. And so that whole Ward's Road was the majority undeveloped. So it's so hard to think of Lynchburg without Walmart. It is. <laughs> without Walmart, without Cracker Barrel, uh, you know, and the restaurants and the amount of restaurants. So, you know, and what I like about Lynchburg so much as the fact that it is a city. It's pushing 80,000 people, but it has that small town charm about it. It has that uh, where people are nice to you, they'll speak to you, they'll speak back. And I met an individual that uh, came from a, another locality, and I was talking to him, and, you know, and he basically noted that Lynchburg is a nice town. Even though we're a city, it has that charm and that, that flavor, and I think that's so neat. And, uh, and, I, and it's the people. It's the people that make the difference here in Lynchburg. And so they're very open, they're very caring, accepting, and uh, it's just a great place, as the mayor says, to live, work, and play. And it really is. Exactly. Sir, we're going to go ahead and keep this conversation going, but folks, we're going to go ahead and hit our first commercial break. You're listening to the Remsor Republic. We've got Sheriff Don Sloan with us. Hang on tight. We'll be right back in a moment. The voice of the Liberty Generation, Remzo W. Martinez. Take the show on the go by subscribing to the Remzo Republic on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Play, and YouTube. Don't be left out. Hey everyone, the Johnny Rocket Launchpad is Liberty. Each week we strive to bring you the best guests in talk radio. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad delivers weekly interviews of noteworthy politicians, experts, and activists. The Johnny Rocket Launchpad is bringing the party to the Libertarian Party and launching ideas in your direction. Check us out at johnnyrocketlaunchpad.com. You can hear me, Kurt Nelson, and the beautiful Heather Nixon talk about the ideas of liberty, rock and roll. Hey guys, Tim Preuss here, and I wanted to take a minute and invite you to stop over to PreussPodcast.com and give our show a listen. We've got in-depth commentary on the issues that matter to you. These hookers. <laughs> Fucking whores are out there. These They're... hookers, man, I tell you. Yeah, that's like the most contact I've had with the hooker. Is them yelling at them you. yelling at me on Twitter. <laughs> we break down the most pressing issues of our time. This what? large lady with, like, tight clothing on. Not appropriately linked to tight clothing either. And we get the most intelligent analysis from friends of ours like Jeffrey Tucker. Uh, you pulled over engine trouble and, and what happened, what happened? 
Uh, I don't know. It's, I don't know. It's, uh, oh, I, oh, God. Seriously, though, we love putting on a show that both entertains and educates. We're growing, and we'd be thrilled if you joined us. Check out PreussPodcast.com for more. That's P-R-E-U-S-S Podcast.com. Make sure to visit libertarianwingmedia.com where you can find articles written by libertarians all over the world on all of today's issues. Check out our podcast network with monthly and weekly podcasts. Check out our libertarian t-shirt store with t-shirts like Make Markets Free Again and Make Markets Not War. And you too can become an author at Libertarian Wing Media and write what you want, when you want. Just email alexmerced at alexmerced.com. Thank you very much. Folks, welcome back to the program. We're going to continue our conversation from earlier. So, sir, um, every sheriff's department has kind of like a different role in order to adapt to its community, uh, whether it's law enforcement, whether it's working primarily for the courts. In terms of Lynchburg, what's really the department's role in the city? Well, the primary responsibility of the Lynchburg Sheriff's Office uh, is the protection of the courts. We provide safety and security for the courts where we have uniform deputies that provide safety, security for all persons that are involved in the judicial proceedings of each court. That's our primary duty, number one. Number two is that we serve civil process court papers throughout the city of Lynchburg every day. In 2016, we served over 39,500 civil process papers, and they can be divorce proceedings, uh, child custody cases, civil suits among residents, uh, witness subpoenas, those type of things that we're serving in the city of Lynchburg. Our third and final responsibility is the transportation of prisoners and patients for mental evaluation by court order throughout the Commonwealth of Virginia. And so we're a small office. We have 32 full-time and part-time personnel. We're not the primary law enforcement for the city of Lynchburg. That falls to Lynchburg Police Department. They handle the 24 hours a day, seven days a week policing. Our responsibility is the Monday through Friday with the courts and transportation and the civil process. However, we do strive to assist the Lynchburg Police Department. Uh, we try not to compete with them because they are the law enforcement for the city of Lynchburg. But again, our desire is to do what we can do to be a part of our community here and to help to ensure that we're working together with our other partners in law enforcement to provide the highest level of safety and security for our community. And we do that with the temporary detention orders, uh, which is a responsibility of the Lynchburg Police Department. In uh, 2016, we handled 132 temporary detention order transports for the Lynchburg Police Department, which allowed 264 police officers to remain in the city of Lynchburg policing our streets. So by us working together, that allowed the city's police department to remain here protecting our citizens, their primary duty, and we were able to, after our primary duties were done, to take these transports for them. And so, again, that collaborative effort of working together uh, in order to provide the highest benefit to our citizens, the, the best bang for the buck, if you will, or, you know, for the dollar, because every one of us are taxpayers, and, you know, and we need to be frugal in what we do and what we provide. And so we try to be very careful with that in the budgetary matters, that we're working together hand-in-hand, 
uh, again, for the public safety element for this city. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, I got to bring it up eventually. You are kind of in campaign mode, especially for the next couple months as you're competing in the primary. Yes, sir. Um, John Romano, and John, if you are listening to this, you still have my phone number. It's been seven months, buddy. Um, John Romano is your opponent for the Republican nomination right now. Whether or not you want to just compare yourself to him or just talk about mainly your vision going forward, what are some of the things that you want specifically Republican voters to know about you in terms of what you're going to bring that maybe your opponent doesn't necessarily? Well, I think I bring the experience to the job. I've been 15 years in the Lynchburg Sheriff's Office uh, as the chief deputy. I know the office. I've been the, uh, the budget officer for the office. I prepare the budgets. I submit the budgets, I defend the budgets before city council and also submit them to the state compensation board. And I've been doing that. And so, you know, I think in that part of it that uh, I definitely know the job. Uh, we also started our uh, public, say, our community service program of Lynchburg Project Lifesaver. And that program we started in uh, April of 2002. And what it is, is it's a life-saving program for those individuals that have Alzheimer's, autism, uh, dementia, uh, Down syndrome, or some mental-related disorder where they may be physically healthy other than their mind. And these individuals, if they're at a care facility or a caregiver, they have a tendency to wander. And so it's using state-of-the-art technology of tracking devices where they are put in a wristband or an ankle bracelet or anklet and this tracking device transmitter has a specific transmitter number. So if they wander away, these clients that are in this program, if they wander from their home caregiver care facility, those individuals call 911. Uh, 911 dispatches a search team out to the last known point of origin where that person wandered from, and the search team goes there and begins searching. Historically, since the inception of this program in 2002, we have had 92 successful searches and safe returns of these individuals in this program within 30 minutes or less. And we've had some of them that are multiple wanderers. And so, but what that does is it provides peace of mind for the family, but more importantly, it provides safety and security for those individuals that have now no mental capacity of know what the dangers are out there. And so we have 30 clients in this program, and we provide this program at no cost to those that cannot afford it. We just had, just last weekend, our annual fundraiser, the Second Chance Prom, who we've partnered with Commonwealth Autism. And so through that partnership, we've been able to provide training for our office and also local law enforcement on dealing with individuals with autism. And so, you know, again, our community service that we're involved in, some of the programs we have, we started lunch uh, with a deputy where we're going into uh, Lincoln Elementary School, dealing with over 400 children from kindergarten through fifth grade, where we have deputies going in and having lunch with these children uh, two times a month. And we're, you know, it's just such a great opportunity for us to impact these kids, to have a positive experience with them and them with us toward law enforcement so that we can show them, hey, we're here for you. We care about you. We want to see you succeed and try to encourage them to make good decisions. And we had many of them say, you know, I think I want to be a policeman or I want to be a sheriff's deputy. And it gave us an opportunity to speak to them and say, you know, well, you can do that. You want to study hard. You want to obey your teachers. You want to treat other people with respect and nicely and care about others. And, and you can because I, we'd say you, we need good people like you 
in law enforcement. And so these are the type of things that, you know, we're have been doing. We've had the Eddie Eagle uh, firearm safety program that we've had for years that we've go into the uh, kindergarten and to third grade and some other programs that we provide for uh, community service. But we do that in conjunction with our primary duties, not as a cost to our community. We try to provide these things in addition to what we're already doing, blend them in so that we can provide not only the, our primary services of public safety, but also our community service that we're here, we're part of this community, we're stakeholders, and we care about our community, and we want to do what we can. Even though we're small, we're a small office, we still want to do what we can to make a difference in our community. That's remarkable, and I, I do want to talk a little bit more about community policing, but kind of going back a step uh, in terms of your program to help families locate um, you know, those in their family that have mental disabilities or something. In terms of the tracking equipment, I know we have a Democratic candidate for governor right now, Tom Perello, that essentially wants to take people with mental disabilities by force and put chips in the back of their neck. Your program is entirely voluntary with the consent of That's, the family. That right? is correct. Want, okay. And it's not permanent. It's it's like in a wristwatch or, you know, it, it actually is just attached to them, but it's something that's in agreement with their family. It's a life-saving device to protect them, but it's not something that you're actually injecting into someone or or whatever. No. No, okay, it's that, not. That's great. I think that's something the Democrats need to really understand. You can't just go in and stick something inside of people saying you're going to track them. So I'm No, I'd have a problem with that too. That, that would be a giant problem. <laughs> I mean, it just it, it it sounds it sounds so dystopian in a sense. It's so Orwellian. It's like, "Oh, don't worry. We're just going to come in and stick this in the back of your neck and we'll find you." And I mean, the your, your intentions of your program, your your program saves lives. It does a lot of good and, you know, it's done the right way. Um, you know, when it comes to public trust in terms of law enforcement, that is something that is important. You need people to understand that, which is a clever interlude into what I was going to bring up next in terms of community policing. Um, you know, Lynchburg is an extremely diverse city. It's a city with three colleges. It's a city that, you know, has um, a constant population that's kind of coming in and out because of Liberty University primarily. But you have... Um, you know, the rest of the city and you have more of the downtown area of Ward 3. Um, you know, community policing is incredibly important. And because of that, I'm just curious, what's kind of like the biggest challenges your department faces in terms of, you know, keeping a good relationship with the community? Are there any difficulties in that? Well, Especially over the last couple of years. I mean, it must not be popular to necessarily carry a badge sometimes. Well, it you know, it's not at times. But one thing I can say, at least for the Lynchburg community, um, it does not reflect what we've seen other places in our in our country. Why? Um, what I mean by that is, is we've had deputies, and I've talked to other law enforcement uh, professionals that uh, will go out and eat in the city in uniform, and have had citizens walk up to them and say, you know, hey, I just want you to know, I appreciate your service. I appreciate what you do for our community, and that happens over and over and over again. And I've, we've had them by. Uh, their lunch or try to buy something for them, you know, coffee or whatever. And and I hear that all the time. And so, you know, again, I think that's a credit to Lynchburg that we see that. And and we really, uh, I think the fact that we go out and, and we try to be involved with our community, we try to uh, go beyond just doing our mandated duties with some of our programs and things like that. And it's been very positively received. We have the child safety seat 
checks where we have uh, a couple of our deputies that are certified that can check child safety seats. And, you know, we do that and we, we have opportunity to interact with, with families and their children. And, and it's been always very positive. So, uh, you know, again, I think it kind of reminds me of what the Bible says. The Bible says for a man to have friends, he must show himself friendly. And so I think that, again, we have a job to do, and we're going to do that job. But, you know, it doesn't mean we can't go out there and engage people with a smile and, and be uh, conversational with them and, and actually care about them and what's going on in their life. And, uh, and so I think that's what's important. I think we, we need to set that example, set that tone. And uh, because I think if you go out and you're aloof and, and you're all business, which sometimes you have to be, but if that's the way it is all the time, then I think you're going to create some more issues than you you fix. Agreed. Agreed. Sir, we're going to go ahead and hit our final segment, but folks, we're going to hit our final commercial break. Hang on tight, and we'll be back in a moment. We'll be back shortly. Stay up to date with the latest news and updates by visiting remzorepublic.com. Make sure to subscribe to all the podcasts on the Libertarian Wing Media Podcast Network on Google Play, iTunes, and Stitcher, such as the Alex Mercedcast, with interesting interviews with interesting people every week. Breaking progressives, spending time every week breaking down left-wing narratives and showing what's real and what's fake. Economics Why Not, a weekly look at economics and applying economic principles to daily life. Better Today, a weekly podcast where we take a look on ways to improve your life and be better today. Libertarian Commons is a podcast where we play audio from the video archives of Alex Merced from his videos dating back to 2008. Liberty Public Access, a podcast where anyone can submit an episode. Submit your episodes to Alex Merced at alexmerced.com. Have you been wanting to start your own podcast? Then subscribe to Podcast and Blogging Tips and Tricks, a weekly podcast about how to host your podcast, how to produce your podcast, and how to market your podcast. We'll be adding some monthly podcasts to the lineup soon, including Make Markets Free Again, a monthly look at what's going on in markets and regulation all over the world, and the Free VST podcast, looking at free VST instruments for electronic music producers. Listen to these podcasts by going to libertarianwingmedia.com or subscribing on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And if you enjoy the podcast, tell your friends and leave a positive review on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Welcome back to the program. We're going to start wrapping up things shortly, but, uh, you know, sir, I'm, I'm glad that we covered a lot of the bigger topics in terms of your campaign, but, you know, community policing is something that's incredibly important to me. I, I remember when, um, when I was getting my associates out in Alabama, I lived about five, ten minutes away from Selma, and you, you want to talk about a town that does not necessarily like to recover from its own self-inflicted wounds. Um, that that's a town that is is really suffering, and it's sad because you know when we look at the current climate in our country, um, I think it's important for a lot of people to go back to places like that and look at whether or not we've gotten better. And um, you know the one thing I always remembered was 
I, I have always grown up, you know, my father's a career military man. Um, you know, we, we always had a respect for those that wore the uniform, those that put their lives on the line every day in their communities. And uh, that was one of the difficult things about the sheriff's department out in Selma, the police department out in Selma. They have a lot of great officers. They have a lot of good people there. But, you know, all you need is just one bad day and things get crazy out of hand. Um, you know, what, what's the biggest thing you wish the residents of Lynchburg knew about you and your men and women that go out every day? What's the one thing that you wish that they could either sympathize with or, you know, something they knew? So that way they kind of understand how much you guys give for your community. Well, I, I think the, the fact that, that we really do care. And one of the examples that I'm reminded of was, which I just found out recently, we had an individual, a young lady that was in uh, J&D court uh, due to the fact of not having a proper sleeping area for her child. And this deputy that was involved in the case as far as security overheard everything and, and listened to that and, and, and met the mother. And when he got off duty... That day, he went to Walmart and bought a crib personally out of his own money and took it to the mother where this young girl was staying with her child so that she could be in compliance with what the judge's order was. And he did it, and that was something that he did. And that was this happened a year or two ago, three years ago, and I'm just finding out about it now. But that's the type of people that the Lynchburg Sheriff's Office has working for the city of Lynchburg people that care. People that just not only do their job and stand in the gap to provide safety and security for our community, but we also have a heart. We have a, a group of men and women where, like just last December, we started a program called We Share Because We Care. We reached out through some local pastors and were able to identify 12 families, 12 needy families that needed meals for the Christmas week. We were able to partner with RA Bistro and Sodexo at Liberty University and they provided the food, and R.A. Bistro cooked the meals, and the sheriff's office delivered those meals to 12 families, almost 50 people. Uh, during the week of Christmas, it was in the afternoon when we finished all of our primary duties. Of course, I called all the families first to let them know why the Lynchburg Sheriff's Office was calling them. And <laughs> Typically, when you get a call or a visit, that's not necessarily something you want to see. <laughs> right. And so, you know, that we were coming because they had been identified and that we were doing this. We were sharing because we care. That was during the Christmas time, the time of giving. Uh, we have felt so blessed ourselves. And so it was just a great opportunity for us to give back to our community and to identify these special families and give to them. And to do that, it was so moving to see a mother with her children uh, crying the fact that she said she wasn't sure how she was going to, what she was going to provide for her kids for a Christmas meal, but to have that type of meal professionally prepared for her and her family and delivered by the sheriff's office. It was very moving for her and it was moving for us. And so what I would like for the Lynchburg residents to know is that we are the Lynchburg Sheriff's Office. The men and women of the Lynchburg Sheriff's Office are part of their community, and we care. We care about our community. We care about our job and the responsibilities that we have been invested with to protect our city, to stand in the gap, to stand in the way of the dangers that are in our community in our little part. 
to provide the safest and securest environment in our court facilities. So when people come to court, they know they're going to be safe. And so, but we have that caliber of men and women that will do that day in and day out, and yet they care. They really care about our community. And so that's what I want the people to know, that, that we're going to do our job, but we care about our people here. We care about the citizens of Lynchburg. And so I think that's the underlying theme of our office is we're going to get the job done, but we care. That's outstanding. And um, for my next question, I think you hit a lot of it in there, but to kind of wrap up the show, what's the biggest message you want people to kind of carry home with, especially as you're, you know, going towards another primary and everything else? What's the biggest thing you want people to know at the end of the day? Well, I think at the end of the day, my, my responsibility as the sheriff is is to ensure that uh, the men and women of the Lynchburg Sheriff's Office and myself, that we adhere to the responsibilities that we have here at the office, that we commit ourselves to providing the highest level of safety and security for them and service. and But we are public servants, and we're here to serve and protect. And so I want the people of Lynchburg to know that as the Lynchburg Sheriff's Office, we're here to serve them and to provide that element of protection and security that we can. Outstanding. Sheriff Don Sloan, thank you so much for coming on the program today, sir. It's been an absolute blast having you on. Thank you. I've been honored to be here. Folks, it, it comes back to this. What we've seen for the past year was an administration at the federal level that really tried to demonize those that wear the uniform. We saw a handful of individuals make one mistake that, you know, lives were affected. Friendships and relationships were strained, communities were torn. But it comes back to this. Being a public servant is not simply about, you know, serving the public. It's making sure that you're forming relationships relationships with people, that you're helping them better their lives, that you're providing them the comfort and safety they need to go out and have a peace of mind that says, I am all right, because there are people that go out and go to the dangerous areas, that go ahead and take the, the tough ch challenges, and ultimately they have my back. And knowing that is what I think is what's going to make our community so much better. But, you know, selfish plug, what's one thing you could do? You can go ahead and share the show. Subscribe today on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Player FM, Auto Radio. And don't forget, we're also a member of the Self-Defense Radio Network. Come on. Don't you want these conversations to go out and touch other people? Don't you want them to actually help make us all a clear, safer society that values liberty and personal responsibility? Come on, folks. Let's do this. As always, I'm Ramsey W. Martinez. Speak it to your neighbor. Go treat yourself for once and tune in next week. Good night, America. Stay connected to Liberty's Rabble Rouser on Facebook and Twitter to stay up to date with the latest episodes, blogs, and other available content. What are you waiting for?